and welcome to Charitable Travels, Travel Insider Podcast. My name is Rebecca Miles, I'm editor of Charitable Traveller magazine and the host of this podcast series that's otherwise known as Tips. We hope to give you lots of great travel tips today, but as well we intend to transport you from wherever you are right now. Perhaps you're walking through the park or maybe you're squashed into a crowded commuter train to a place that will inspire you. Today we're travelling to Spain, a country that needs little introduction. As one of the most popular holiday destinations in Europe, if not the world, it's easy to assume we know all there is to see and do in this varied country on the Iberian Peninsula. Yet with a country as diverse as Spain, there is always something new to discover, and travelling off the beaten track is easy to do here. Spain has always been a naturally sustainable country, so joining me today on the podcast to talk about what that means for visitors are Esther Rojo and Pedro Medina from the Spanish Tourist Office. With its wealth of national parks, great food, art and culture, and a brilliant train network, we're going to be talking about how to travel off the beaten track in Spain, support the local communities, and make the most of the uncrowded and blissfully beautiful low season. So let's hand things over to the pair of them to tell us more about what makes Spain so special. Thanks for joining us, Esther and Pedro. So, yes, welcome. And Esther, tell me, the great outdoors, it's a huge big deal in Spain, isn't it? And all that fresh air and open space. So tell me, where should people be visiting if they want to explore less obvious national parks and UNESCO biosphere reserves? Hi, Vic. Thank you very much for um, having us here. I'm really, really excited to do this podcast with you guys. Thanks for Um, joining us. Thank you. Um, Well, this is a very difficult question. Uh, We we have a lot of uh, national parks in Spain, 15 um, approximately. And uh, we are indeed the largest, we have the, the largest number of biosphere reserves in the world. We have 53 of them. So it's very, very difficult to pick one that um, everybody's going to like, obviously. Uh, as you know, you probably know better the Picos Europa uh, in the national park in the north of Spain. But for a un- totally unknown one, I would like to mention Cabañeros. Cabañeros is in Castilla-La Mancha. This is the land of Don Quixote, and everyone knows Don Quixote because uh, everyone that has read the book, if you have read the book, which is very, very long. Would you recommend the book? <laughs> I would actually recommend the book. But <laughs> <laughs> he fights the windmills in, in uh, Castilla-La Mancha because he thinks uh, they're giants. So this place is very near Toledo. You can actually uh, reach Toledo from Madrid in 30 minutes on the high-speed train. So I definitely uh, recommend this uh, this particular national park, Cabañeros, as I said. So and big enough to spend a few days hiking yeah. in, that sort of thing? I would say definitely because you could encompass it with a visit to Toledo. So maybe spend a couple of days in Toledo and then another couple of days doing a little bit of hiking, walking or even cycling, if you, if you like that kind of thing. And um, for the Biosphere Reserve, I uh, potentially I would go to somewhere which is really much less known than anywhere else in Spain, which is the region of Galicia in the northwest. Um, this place is called Area of Ayariz, and it's located in uh, the province of Orense. Beautiful, beautiful Biosphere Reserve. And um, they still keep the traditional activities and practices. They Everything that they do helps conserve the environment. So I most definitely I would uh, I would visit this area. Yes, definitely. I mean, um, just going back to um, Cabaneros, tell me, whereabouts is that in relation to, say, major that major city like Madrid or something? So Cabaneros is actually about 45 minutes away from Madrid in the high-speed train. So it's very reachable. Oh, nice. And so you can spend a good few days hiking through it and that sort of thing. Definitely. Gorgeous. Okay. What can visitors expect uh, when it comes to sustainability? I understand the government's spending billions of euros transforming the environment. Can you tell me about the current situation and also what's planned for the future? Well, first of all, I'm very happy to be here with you and, and thank you. 
Uh, oh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> well, regarding sustainability, you can really feel that Spain is trying to to do things in, in this field. As you well know, tourism is the main activity, uh, economic uh, activity in, in our country. It, it accounts for the 12% of the employment and the GDP of the country. So tourism is uh, the most important economic, economic activity in, in our country. Despite of these figures, we really feel that rethink the model and, and and we need to, to go to a sustainable model. When we talk about sustainability, we have to bear in mind that we understand sustainability in three different ways, in, the, in three different minutes, meanings, economical, social, and environmentally. And we have to bear in mind these three dimensions of, of sustainability. A program of uh, public investment in tourism, Spain is going to, spend, to, to, to invest 3.4 billion in the next years till 2026, 27. And there are many ideas, programs that are going to be launched. Can you tell me some more about those programs? Yeah, well, one of the most ambitious programs, for example, is uh, planes of uh, sustainable tourism. And it's a program of uh, public works in very different tourism destinations, such as uh, Salou in Costa Dorada, or Málaga in Costa del Sol, or a little village in, in Cáceres in Extremadura. And it's a program of uh, public works in order to, to do the hotels uh, efficient, uh, from the energy point of view, uh, to change the windows of the hotels, to build more kilometers of uh, cycling routes, for example, to expand the route of greenways. In Spain, there is a network of greenways and uh, all railways uh, that are now, now they are in, in disuse and they are abandoned and they are being transformed in greenways where you can cycle or even walk. So there are a lot of initiatives and public works in order to do Spanish destinations. So it sounds like it's both um, sort of large scale, major things coming from the government top down and also smaller scale things as well, such as making sure hotels are more efficient. Yeah, well, the, the program is very comprehensive. Uh, <laughs> uh, it includes uh, small villages, big cities. But the idea is that tourism transformed the, the country and from the 60s, the country has been transformed due to to tourism and and these benefits uh, that comes from tourism is still going on. No? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Making sure that it's got a long future as well. Esther, now 2023, it's a big year for art in Spain as the country marks the 50th anniversary of the death of one of Spain's greatest painters, Picasso. But there's lots more going on beside the headline events. Where else should people visit for some world-class art and culture? Mm, well, for this one, Madrid has to be mentioned. I would be remiss not to mention Madrid because this is where most of the uh, museums are. Obviously, the Prado Museum, the Reina Sofia, the Tizen Bornemitsa, and nobody should actually miss any of any of these uh, museums. They've got exceptional works in here, and um, it would be a, a, a shame not to visit uh, any of these uh, museums. But of course, there are many museums in Spain, and as you say, this that's what's going on. But uh, there's lots and lots of smaller museums. One I I really really like personally is the um, the Spanish Abstract Art Museum in Cuenca. 
And Cuenca, again, is very near from Madrid. You've got the high-speed train that takes you there, there in 45 minutes. The whole place is actually a gorgeous um, little town set atop a gorge. And, um, and I think it definitely is worth um, taking a little visit there. What sort of ab- abstract art involve? In Cuenca? In Cuenca. Well, there's it's, a very interesting... It's, it's paintings mainly, basically, but they've also got sculptures. It's not a massive um, a massive museum. It's a little museum, but it's actually full of works of art. and uh, Modern art. Modern, yeah. And yeah. There is a school in Cuenca. Mm. Uh, one of the main representatives of this school is Fernando Zobel. And now there is an exhibition of Fernando Zobel in Museo del Prado. It's, yeah. it's, it's a very famous art school in, in a smaller modern art school in, in Spain. Mm. Um, and let's just touch on Picasso a bit as well, because where is, if if people would really, really want to just, you know, indulge in pure Picasso, where's best to head to? I would say Malaga has the, uh, he was born in Malaga, Picasso, and, and there is a beautiful museum in there, the Picasso Museum in Malaga, which I think is well worth visiting. Of course, his work is all over the world and all over Spain, but I would, um, my my personal favourite would, would be the one in Malaga. Mm, definitely. Back to the route. Definitely. Okay. Pedro, can you tell me about how we can make our next city break to Spain more sustainable? Are there perhaps less obvious cities we should be visiting and also friendlier ways to visit them? Well, everybody talks about sustainability nowadays. Mm. I think it's a very used word, no? Let me clarify when, when I talk about sustainability in Spain, you can have the, the same holidays that you have usually had in Spain but in a sustainable way. You can go to Benidorm and you can have a sustainable experience in Benidorm, also in Costa del Sol. So when we are talking about sustainability, we are talking about a a transformation of all the country. Sustainable is also linked to desestacionalization. You can travel to Spain in a different part of the year. It also includes to know um, unknown destinations in Spain, but it also implies that you can have uh, your traditional holidays in Spain in a sustainable way. As you are talking about less obvious cities in Spain, definitely I would strongly recommend to visit Extremadura. It's a place where every time I go to Extremadura, I am surprised. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. It's green, it's green, it, it has a beautiful landscape, historical villages, nice wine, and it's a jewel that not, I think, sure. even Spaniards doesn't really know very well Extremadura, and it's, uh, it's a jewel that we have in, in the country. Tell me, uh, where is it? Where, how do we get there? Well, Extremadura is a region that is, from Madrid, is like four hours by road. It is not very well communicated. It's um, between Castilla, León and Andalucía. It's in the border with Portugal. Ah, so you okay. can see, uh, it has a lot of influences uh, from Portugal as well. It's the region where the, well, it has a, a very rich history because traditionally people from Extremadura went to America. It's the land of discoverers. Most of the most of the discoverers of America came from from Extremadura. Ah, very adventurous. Yes. Yeah, and it also has a very rich cuisine, very traditional cuisine. I would strongly recommend to go to to Extremadura to visit it. I I don't know if for 
British tourism is is known uh, for British tourists who want to to have experience on bear watching. They usually go to to Extremadura. Mm. That's interesting as well. What you say about visiting Spain year round outside of just the typical high season just the climate lends itself to that is that right it's you know it's as nice in january as it is in july well i yeah i can guarantee that malaga costa del sol is is it has a wonderful weather Obviously, almost almost yeah. year round almost year round for the most part of the year Benidorm, valencia yeah i would say you can go it's a good way to be more sustainable definitely Yep, of course. Esther, the the um the food in Spain has always been sustainable as well. It's local, it's seasonally sourced. But what does this mean for visitors? It just means that you're not going to get fresher food anywhere. <laughs> Wherever you go in Spain, they all have the local dishes. They all use the local products. This has been done like this for, for centuries now, and it's not about to change because in Spain, everything that we do, we do around food. No matter what it is, weddings, the wedding is not important. It's the food that you give at the wedding that's important. So everything that we do revolves around food. So definitely this is not something that is about to, to change. We, as you probably know, that we have the Mediterranean diet. This is based on olive oil, fresh vegetables, you know, everything that is fresh. And um, this actually did uh, um, the Spanish cuisine, the UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage Status. So it's not just something that we talk about. It's something that, you know, we receive accolades for as well. So, um, yeah, definitely one of the most important parts of our, you know, our, our life in general. And what about the um, the green Michelin stars as well? So, uh, well, Michelin stars, you know, we have many uh, restaurants. We've got, I think, approximately 228 Michelin star restaurants in Spain. And 39 of those restaurants um, were awarded the Green Michigan Star for their, their sustainability practices, basically. They just reduce waste as much as possible. All of the products that they use are locally sourced. And, and a lot of these restaurants, whether they, are, whether they have the Green Star or not, a lot of these restaurants actually have and their own plots and their own farms. So everything that they use comes from, like, as they say, kilometre zero, basically. Mm, wonderful. Um, you know, so also, you know, the one thing that we need to keep in mind as well is that we don't need to go to a Michelin star restaurant to eat well in Spain because otherwise, um, you know, there'd be no other businesses, you know. <laughs> no, of course. Everywhere that you go in Spain is is good food. Obviously, the the uh, Michelin star restaurants are another a different level. Mm. Um, but you know, wherever you go, you go for tapas or you go for pinchos, you're still going to get a good experience and a good. Uh, and they're still going to be sustainable and they're still going to be using fresh product because we wouldn't put up with anything else in Spain. That's, so it's so good. It sounds like it's just in your bones. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Another big part of life in Spain is the fiestas, isn't it, Pedro? Um, what are the less obvious ones to see? Well, fiesta is a Spanish word, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've borrowed it. <laughs> Translation for that. <laughs> a fiesta. Yeah. Okay, um, you won't have time to get bored in Spain. No? There are a lot of um, fiestas and, and traditional events all year round. For example, now in, in February, we have carnivals. We, we, we celebrate carnivals. I recommend Cádiz and Tenerife, but also, for example, Extremadura, a little village of Extremadura, there are very interesting carnival parties. Well, to name just a couple, on 29th of June, 
San Pedro and San Pablo festivities. In Aro, there is the battle of wine, the wine battle, and this uh, tradition dates back to a possible legal dispute with the nearby town of Miranda de Ebro. Miranda de Ebro is the village where the river Ebro, one of the main rivers in Spain, is born. It is believed that there, there, there were a legal dispute between these villages, uh, Miranda de Ebro and Aro, over the ownership of uh, some cliffs. And that's in the Rioja region, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Aro is a little village in... Well, it's not a little... It's, 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 it's also a, a very interesting village, Aro, because it's where the main wineries of La Rioja uh, are based. And you can... There is a, 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 a neighborhood called Barrio de la Estación, a station neighborhood, where the main wineries of La Rioja, they have their wineries there. A little and, bar. And yeah. it's a very interesting route. Mm, <laughs> sounds brilliant. <laughs> and the second fiesta I would recommend you, well, as I come from Madrid, I was born in Madrid and I come from Madrid, I would tell you to come to Verbena de la Paloma in August. It's a very special festivity. As you know, Madrid is one of... Uh, it's a big city, it's one of the main European capital, but also Madrid has, still has a, a spirit of, of a little village. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel this, this spirit in the very center of Madrid. No? And the Vera de la Paloma is held in, in, this, in this center of Madrid, this tiny center of Madrid, that it is like a little village. It's in August, and it is held in honor of uh, Virgen de la de la Paloma. In English, we would say Virgin of, of the Dove, no? Yeah. Of the Dove. Okay. It's a great time to enjoy this part of Madrid. There are a lot of terraces. The fiesta is celebrated in the street. There are a lot of restaurants that are open to the street in these days. And it's very easy to mix with the local community and, and to have fun in, in this part. Sounds fun, as you say. Tell me as well, we've touched on it briefly, but the I'd like to talk about it a bit more, is the, the train network in Spain. It's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, how can visitors make the most of it to get around? Well, um, thank you for this question. I'm very happy with this question. Because, <laughs> yes, because I really feel that train is an asset that Spain has, and it is not very well known yeah. and used. It's, I agree. It's, I think Spain is... If it, it's, if it is competitive for something, it, it is because it's, it, it's, it's yeah. rail network yeah. and mm -hmm. the Spaniards. Eh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So we have to, to bear in mind that you can come from the UK to Spain by train. You can easily go to Paris and from Paris to to Spain, to Barcelona in a high speed train. And the train rail, the rail network that we have in Spain is, is wonderful. Uh, more than 70% of the Spanish population lives at 30 minutes from a station, high-speed train station. It's very easy to move throughout Spain in a high-street, in a high-speed train. The network is center-based. I, well, I don't know how to say what in English is. All the routes part from Madrid, from yes. the center of the peninsula, to the different to different destinations to Galicia to Asturias to Catalonia uh, to Andalucía. Uh, oh, so it's not just everything coming out of Madrid; it's around the country as well. Not yet. Uh, it's from Madrid 
Ah, to get mm. everywhere. Mostly, mm. mostly it does come out of Madrid. So from Madrid, you can get anywhere. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In, in, in less than well, in two hours and a half, three hours, you well, you are in, in Barcelona or um, no? In Barcelona, ba Barcelona in is only Barcelona yeah. is only two hours. Yeah. Uh, That's so close. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, for example, the the Coruña, I think, is the is very the far. Further, the furthest one. Uh, and you, yeah. you you only have to, to it, it only takes three hours uh, and a half to go to Coruña by train, and it's the, the farthest. Uh, destination point that you can go now it has to compete with different companies so there is more offer and that that cause that the price of the tickets are lower are, are decreasing because there are now a competitive uh, market so it's very easy to to travel by train in spain and it's it's cheap i would say it's cheap you can go to tarragona for nine euros or sure. to Alicante. <laughs> for less than 20 euros and it's fast that's brilliant there's also some benefits aren't there if um to you get some discounts and things is that right yeah. sure i yeah, think you well, can you can get um for, for, like for families different cards yeah. for seniors yeah. uh, for students as well and now well with this in this inflationary context the, the spice government has launched a program of uh, free tickets if you fulfill some conditions for certain trains for yeah oh wow okay yeah. And distance to train, no? i think I it's yeah, short distance short distance something like, um, that. Something like that yeah so for okay. example if you get to madrid and you've got an ave ticket a high speed which we call it ave in spain uh, you can actually travel from the airport on a train to the atocha station where you will get the uh, high speed train for free Oh, correct. That's fantastic. Yeah, that will be including the price of the high-speed train. Yeah. Nice. So, Esther, um, what advice do you have for people who want to travel off the beaten track? I mean, beyond the destinations that we've covered in this podcast and the charitable travel hub, of course, where can they go for inspiration and to find out more? Uh, well, I would say um, our website, um, spain.info. So it's actually full of good ideas, good advice. We also have a, a very large network of um, tourist offices in, in the whole of Spain, in every region, in every city of Spain. You find the contact details for them as well on, on our website. But definitely, you can get a few ideas from, from, from there um, if you want to do something that is a little bit different. But of course, you know, for anything that you want to do that is going to be different, is not going to the coast. <laughs> even you know so anything that you do in the mainland uh, that is all the you know the north of spain or castilla leon castilla la mancha aragon anything uh, anything that is a little bit less known is going to be on the mainland basically so yeah but uh, definitely our website is, uh, is is a good place to start and do we need to make sure we've brushed upon our spanish or is English fairly well spoken? Not at all. I think most people actually have um, 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 a level of English anyway. And and I always find that, um, you know, you can make some gestures and people can understand <laughs> you anyway. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, to, to a certain extent, some you know, there will always be somebody around there that will speak some, some English anyway. So, and if you find somebody who, who doesn't know speak English, he or she will try to communicate with sure. signs. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's such a gorgeous language to learn. Anyway, maybe we should all just learn more Spanish. <laughs> okay. Uh, lastly, Pedro, let's wrap things up by talking um, about. I'd love to uh, ask this question. Is so one of your oldest friends? Say one of your oldest friends is visiting. 
how what would you do with them for the day to show off the best of your country well after this this conversation Beck, you are one of my oldest friends so <laughs> <laughs> what would you do with you in a day in Spain? <laughs> where we are where, where we are where we are we were in madrid definitely we will go to Museo del prado i will explain you the history of spain through the pictures and after that we will have a short walk through Retiro Park, Retiro Park, and then we will visit uh, one of the restaurants, restaurants I usually go. Retiro neighborhood now is a gastronomic hotspot. There are a lot of restaurants, very interesting restaurants. Um, for example, uh, Obama's wife, Michelle Obama, had dinner in one of these restaurants I'm telling you, uh, but they are not expensive, so you, we can go. <laughs> I can <laughs> invite you to a dinner there. But it depends on where we are. If we are in Santander, it's a city I love Santander. I love it. Uh, and we can go to uh, visit Espacio Botín. It's a modern, it's a contemporary center in Santander. We can also go to the beach. It's wonderful, the beach in Santander. And we can also have nice pinchos uh, in Santander or it, it depends Spain is, is, is as you know is, 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 it has a lot of diversity no? so it depends on, on, on where we are but I think this plan uh, sounds well no? isn't it? Yeah Santander sounds good in particular and Madrid and yeah all of it actually yeah be happy with any of it <laughs> the, same, the same to you Esther how would you spend your ideal day? Again, very difficult. Um, I mean, for me, just being with my friends in any any of the beautiful squares in any city of Spain would be just amazing. Just drinking a tinto de verano, which is our our Spanish take on the Italian. Um, Good point, Esther. Tinto de verano, exactly. Just having some tapas, good conversation. That for me, that's that's really all I need for an ideal day. Any particular place that you'd be in? I don't know. Any 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 square where you can do some people watching, which is my favourite place. Oh, yes, me too. I love that. <laughs> and Spain is just brilliant for people watching. So <laughs> I definitely, yeah, anywhere. Anywhere where you can do some people watching so you can then comment with your friends. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You don't need anything else, yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. To find out more and book your next holiday to Spain, visit charitable.travel forward slash Spain. And for more info on Spain, visit spain.com or follow Spain on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>